so long. <laughs> like three whole minutes <laughs> since our I last some episode. text messages. <laughs> yeah, we're being a little bit rebellious today because our schedules are both almost exact opposite. So Ashley's mm-hmm. Ashley's working me in between some meetings. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're doing what we got to do. We're doing what we got to do to bring you guys this quality, quality content. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I mean, look, this is my favorite episode so far. It's, oh, it's <laughs> so good. This episode, I, I immediately after watching it, I, it was one of those episodes that you keep thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I I love content like that where after you're done watching it, you can't stop thinking about it. Like, yeah. High recommendation if anybody has not seen the movie The Banshees of Inna Sharon. Mm-hmm. That movie is so good. Yeah. It's like a dark comedy. It's mm-hmm. got Colin Farrell mm-hmm. and um oh what's his name? The actor he plays Mad Eye Moody. Um I forgot his name. He's another Irish actor. It's about two Irish friends. It's based on this tiny little island in Ireland and it's about two friends and one day one friend decides he doesn't want to talk to the other friend anymore and there there's obviously a lot more to the story mm-hmm. but um and it's a little intense in certain <laughs> degree yeah but it's such a good movie i couldn't stop mm-hmm. thinking about it we couldn't stop talking about it after we watched it but this episode i was immediately thinking about it afterward mm-hmm. and it feels like what you would i think what you call a flagship episode okay so, for example, I, of course, this is what comes to my mind. <laughs> what comes to my mind is the I Jump, You Jump Jack episode in yeah. Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. and the Dance Marathon episode. Those oh, were very yes. kind of huge plot shifting episodes mm-hmm. yeah. for Rory specifically. Yeah. And this episode felt like a huge plot shifting episode for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. And – it's interesting because this is a shorter episode than most, mm-hmm. but they clearly they packed a lot into it. Brendan Gleason, yeah. by the way, is thank his name. you. You're welcome. Gosh, thank you. Uh, so, anyhow, yes. Yeah, so, uh, welcome to Dizzy for Dizzy. I'm Kristen. <laughs> I'm actually sorry. I got really <laughs> no, excited a, about this. No, episode. hey, that's a good thing. <laughs> and I mean, by now, even if you're a newer listener, you've likely listened to our other five episodes. So, yeah. you know, you know what we're about here. So, yeah. um, but I feel it feels weird when we don't introduce ourselves because it's just what we do every week. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so because we, like we said, we're recording this back to back, we don't have any any fun new housekeeping. Uh, since last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, so we will. We'll just continue to dive right in because like you said, I think that was a very good way to describe this episode, a flagship episode, um, because so many things have like clicked or locked into place or – Right. Yeah. Shifted. Um, that's a lot mm-hmm. that has – that's a lot for a 33-minute episode. So like I said, so they're, they're so they're, – they're so good at this pacing. Like mm-hmm. – and it's – like I said, it's very interesting that they're so good at it because this is fairly new for uh dz production companies to be making what we think of normal length episodes of something Mm -hmm. when when they are when for years they have been making episodes that are two hours or more long every single week so the fact that they were able to shift that pacing and make the story match these shorter episodes so well 
is really impressive. So, um, agreed. Yeah. Um, so yes, flagship episode starts out with Sinan and Edda hanging out, which is funny. I don't think we've ever seen just the two of them. I agree. I so, think this is the first time. So I thought that was kind of interesting um, to put to pair them up to pair them up. Um, but they're kind of what each other needs because yeah. Sinan kind of spills his guts to Edda about his shook, and she's like, "Yeah, finally you admit it." Like, <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "This poor girl was to- being tortured out there, thinking her love was unrequited." Uh huh. <laughs> and she's like, "You know what you need to do? You just need to kiss her." Yeah, and. So, which is funny that she says that because the last time someone did that to her, she freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> but she and Ashuk are also two very different people. So she's able to put aside how, while that's something that maybe was not the best approach for her because she ran off like a skittish animal, right. um, Ashuk is a romantic and mm-hmm. this would be perfect for well, and she cares, and she likes Sinan too. Yep. So it's not like he would be kissing somebody who isn't interested or right. willing. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I thought that was kind of cool. And we see them a couple more times together too in mm-hmm. the episode. At, at some point, Edda kind of flips out and then like goes straight to his house and is like, I lay- loved that scene. She like lays on his couch. She's like, okay, philosopher, analyze me. Like, I loved that. <laughs> so I really loved it. That was a great scene. So, of course, we'll dig into that when we get there. But, um, yeah, so, you know, just to recap, uh, Burkham are on the outs because he now knows that she's engaged. Mm-hmm. So he has removed himself from the situation, um, understandably. So Virgil's rehearsing with the kids by herself. Yeah. She's running this rehearsal. And um, and it's so – it's so <laughs> Sinan's trying to be, like, super, like, chill and silly, it oh seems. like. I don't know what With he was Ishuk, thinking but <laughs> in this scene. Because Ishuk is like, oh, is my birthday's coming up. My mom already started drawing my cake. And, oh. of course, she's with, <laughs> she's with these other kids who whose parents clearly don't do something like that. Mm-hmm. Or if they do, the kids don't care and they don't appreciate it. Right. And Sinan says something <laughs> like, like, yeah, I can't believe that people celebrate their birthdays as if living a whole nother year on this godforsaken earth is something to be celebrated. And he just keeps <laughs> putting his foot in his stupid mouth. Well, he says something about how it's, like, not really your accomplishment, like, yes. kind of a thing. Like, oh, your parents should celebrate then. Or right. Or something. Ugh. And Ashuk is kind of like, well, we do. It is a celebration for them, too. And I enjoy having it. I just do something with my family. So she clearly doesn't have, like, a blowout. It's her right. family. But – and you can tell the the way he's saying it isn't as, as like, snarky. It's, like, you can tell he's trying to be, like, silly about it. Like, but Dummy. he's he's still saying the snarky thing. So yeah. – <laughs> Well, and Edda has mercy on him and is, like – Get out of here. Go over there. You're not even doing your job right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because she knows the truth and she's seeing how he's mucking it all up. Yep. She's trying to save him from himself. <laughs> oh, Sinan, my my poor little wounded animal. Gosh. Um, so after rehearsal finishes, Birdju storms into Kim Hall's office <laughs> as if she has a leg to stand on. I know. And she basically starts going off on him for not showing up for rehearsal and, 
you know, he he basically is like, what does he say? Um, he, no, he is kind of like, I don't you. Why are you assuming the two are connected? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't there today, I'll, but I'll do the job that I'm supposed to do. Yeah, like he had other stuff to take care of, but right. like I'm not going to like go back on my commitment, but basically like yeah. you don't need to storm in here like this. Right. And um, so she's walking out of the office and of course Horny Hunnam walks right up and is like, oh, what were you two Gosh. discussing? And she's like, oh, nothing, rehearsal stuff, like whatever. She's yeah. like, well, maybe you can put in a good word for me. Like we're supposed to meet up, but then now he's kind of being cold. And she's like, well, we don't really know each other that well. We were just talking about work stuff. And she's yeah. like, well, watch out because it's going to get – what did she say? Like things are going to heat up here or something. Yeah, like something stupid. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and again, though, you see how it affects her even picturing that. Yeah. It's like, girlfriend, go break up with Roger. That's like, a red flag, honey. <laughs> and speaking of stupid Roger dropping Burju off at work, um, Ali is – Clearly, Osman put whatever plan that popped into his head last episode into action. Ali is on the phone, or so it seems. And he's, like, having a very stressed out phone call, like, I'll have the money or it's, you know. Um, he's talking about, I'm selling you this land that's right. worth $5 million for $2 million anyway. Right. Why can't you just take the money? So he's pretending to be in debt mm-hmm. and giving his debtor mm-hmm. this piece of land that is worth $5 million, but he's all, he's giving him such a good deal to get him off his back. And of course, Roger hears all of this because Ali basically grabs him <laughs> as he's talking on the phone, Yeah, which I thought was so funny. He just holds on to his arm. Uh-huh. Like, okay, dude. Okay. <laughs> well, I think after he gets off, even Roger's like, do we know each other? And then he's like, no, I'm so sorry. Like, basically, like, that was so rude of me. I'm just so stressed. I've got this right. happening, blah, blah, blah. Like, planting the seed right in roger's head like oh there's this great deal you could swoop in and get this dirt cheap land that's worth a ton of money and yeah immediately make a profit essentially yeah and so um hook line and sinker i said and um meanwhile barack is back in the picture approaching it uh explains that Karem basically was like, well, he said you dumped him and that, you know, yeah. that we're free to do. And Ed does kind of like, he said, what? Like, mm-hmm. he did what? And because well, she starts to act like, oh, careful, uh, Karem's going to see you and he's not going to be happy about it. And Brock's like, oh, yeah. don't worry. He told me you guys broke up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And so she's kind of like, uh, like, I think she runs off at that point. She doesn't agree to anything. And that's when she goes and asks Sinan to analyze her. To, yeah. Yeah. Which I I loved because she's like, okay, solve me. I think she even brings him a beer. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought she brought him something to eat. Oh, she did. Like she a sandwich did. or something. I, I feel like one of the times she brought him food mm-hmm. one, and one of the times she brought him a beer. I think you're right. a couple times. Yes. Um, um but yeah, she's like, solve me, make your observations. <laughs> and he makes some pretty astute ones. Well, because he's he's hesitant at first mm-hmm. because he's like, I don't feel like getting cussed out right now. So <laughs> you can take whatever observations you want on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no, seriously, tell mm-hmm. me. And proves that she's actually going to listen to him. Yeah. With, with whatever he says. Yeah. So he... Basically, he's like, well, I think you put on a hard-ass 
persona, mm-hmm. but really you're a coward. And you're going to wind up being one of these women who is like stuck in a marriage, raising these kids that you just want to escape from for a moment of silence to yourself. Um, Yep. Because, you know, you instead of going after what and who you want, he brings up the whole digital uh, or graphic designer thing, which he's kind of like, how do you even know about that? Because Mm -hmm. to my knowledge, this is not something Ashok has shared. So he's just clearly observant. Yeah, because she has drawn things in front of them. Mm-hmm. So he, again, is observant and yeah. has noticed that. And he even brings up Karem. Mm-hmm. And she kind of gives him a look. And he's like, yeah, I noticed that too. Like, don't think I'm yeah. such an idiot. Yeah. Yes, I also noticed that. And he really is kind of chipping away at all of these different things. Mm-hmm. He tells her that she wants these things or she starts to get going with them, but then she just runs away. And that that is her strategy is to run away. Well, and it's all about how things appear to Mm -hmm. others versus what she like really wants. He's like, for example, you're always hungry because you're starving yourself. And she goes on in this whole rant about how skinny, beautiful people, you know, they are the ones that have an easier way through life. They can – you know, people pay attention to them. People give them what they want. Like, and, you know, that's true to a degree. And I do actually like that um, he says, yeah, in high school, right. but none right. of that matters in real life. Is anybody talking about how fit the Nobel Prize winner is? Like, is yeah. anyone – and he does have a point. Now, granted, there – yeah. Like, he does have a good point about that stuff. I mean – I don't think all that stuff all goes away just with high school. I think there's always, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. There's always going to be aspects of people who look a certain way getting treated differently. Yes. Than people who look another type of way. But I think it's a good thing for her to at least think about the fact that real great accomplishments Mm -hmm. are not things that people care what the person looks like. Right. Yeah. You think if there's a cure for cancer, anybody's going to be nitpicking what that person looks like? Right. Absolutely not. Like the person who finally discovered it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about, you know, well-known inventors or great people from the past, Mm -hmm. it's always about their accomplishments and that's why they're remembered. They aren't remembered because of the way that they looked whether it was good or bad right so he i I do think that her logic makes sense and it clearly is kind of how she's been raised right that the whole thing is she's gonna need to marry well and be a good little wife and that kind of a thing and she sees her looks as her currency Mm -hmm. in ways so to speak to move ahead in life but I do think it's really good that Sinan bring up those other points to mm-hmm. make her think about the long run yeah. and what that really – what her life really could look like if that isn't her main concern. Yes. Yep. Agreed. So I really do like their pairing this episode. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, they – yeah, it was just good. They both – they both are just in these situations where she's able to kind of call him on his crap and he's mm-hmm. able to call her on hers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we move on and find out that Roger is leaving for two days for a quote business opportunity that he's not actually really, listen, if you're about to marry someone, you better dang tell them like, oh, a business opportunity. I want to know more about why my fiance is leaving for two days, um, when we're going to get married in a month and it's some business opportunity. 
So yeah, like that's super suspicious. Even Burju was kind of like, okay, well, what is it? And he's like, well, it's a surprise. It's a, you know, this, it's a that. And then he kind of even brings up like their savings account about that was a huge red flag. Oh, yeah. Because she's like, oh, did we miscalculate? Did we not save enough to do both the wedding and the house? And Well, because, yeah, he's asking about the money for their wedding mm-hmm. and for the home that they're going to move into after they're married, mm-hmm. which is going to be a lot of money. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you bringing that up, bro? I mm-hmm. mean, I'm sure I know. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I think we can hazard a guess. Doesn't know. And for all she knows, he. Like you said, he's just going for some business opportunity. Yeah. Which, theoretically, she should be able to trust him. But yeah. But we know she's not going to be able to do that. No. So, yeah. Like, it, ugh, anyways, that just – I didn't like that. So, yeah. um, we we know something oh, nefarious and, is going to happen. What? Yes, especially because future Ashuk is standing there talking about – She's got a glass of wine. It's a very quick little snippet. Yep. And she's saying, we we were messing with people's lives and trying to make pawns out of people and, you know, change their lives and their decisions. And um, it's – we were about to realize <laughs> what was – why that was bad and that it yeah. was all going to go wrong. So yeah. there's another little bit of foreshadowing. Yep. So um, – then the our little gang of misfits has another meeting where they're all chewing on hazelnuts from yeah. Osman and discussing Burju, what they should do next. They kind of want to get a lay of the land, what the situation is, where she stands about this guy. Yeah. Uh, because they know she's engaged, but like, does she really love him? You know, because he's shady. He's this. So the girls agree that they're going to go over because they're like, you guys will just mess stuff up. The girls, like me and Ashuk will go over and we'll right. start chatting with her. We'll do it before your birthday. You'll be, you know, you'll be done in time to get to your family birthday party, Ashuk. Yes. Don't worry. So yeah. that's kind of Because they know her fiance has gone too. Osman yes. figured it out. So they know that now is the time mm-hmm. <laughs> to place some doubts in Burju's mind. Yep. So then we have a quick little thing where Nezhat's giving a tour to some important donor and whatever. I don't really care about that. He donated a brand new lab for the kids to use. And that's all this guy really cares about is as long as the kids use it. He doesn't care whose name is on it, like anything like that. And um, But, of course, he then winds up telling Burju, like, oh, our donor, he's just so sweet. And he just said, I've done so much for the school that he wants the lab to be named after me. And that's like not how it went. The guy was literally just like, I don't care whose name is on it. Put your name on it if you want. Like, yeah. Um, and well, and it, this shows you who, what kind of a guy that is because it's, he wants to be renowned as this great principal or whatever. Right. And the, his only way of actually doing that is to get this one thing from this donor who really does have good intentions and just wants the kids to be able to use this lab. Right. But now it's his opportunity to puff himself up and look like this great leader because he'll the na- the lab will be named after him and all his amazing contributions to the school. Yes. Ugh. Well, and then he kind of uses, you know, this opportunity again to like remind um that the boys like the second bird she was gone like you're out of here yeah so yeah anyways yeah and then um bird is staring out the window at kimal and i mean listen mm-hmm. same 
Mm-hmm. Same, my friend, same. She's just like staring longingly out the window down at where he's sitting on the bench. And uh, so yeah. I just like that we got that little snippet there of, of that. Uh, yeah. So Karem goes a little further in pushing Barack and Edda together. Mm. He kind of walks up and is like, oh, the little lovebirds, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Well, and she was about to say no to him. Mm-hmm. Because he comes up to her and she was about to say no, but Karem comes and pushes the issue. Yep. And so she's like, you know what, Brock? Let's go. And <sighs> yeah. And so they decide to go out. And it's funny because Edda and Karem wind up both in separate situations, like sharing their, quote, complaints about each other to <laughs> right. the other people. Yeah. But really all that's saying is you just can't stop thinking about each other. Mm-hmm. And Barack kind of calls her out because they're supposed to be on this date. And yeah. he's like, you're clearly using me as a pawn in your game. There's something between you two. Yeah. And I was with him up to a point where he's kind of like, I'm done. Like, I'm not going right. to be a part of this. But then he threatens her and he's like, basically, you're going to pay for doing this to me. Yeah. So we have this ominous, like, something's coming. Right. Um, right. As he storms out. So. Right. Then we have crying sad Edda because obviously she knows this whole situation is screwed up. She's pushed Karem away, you right. know. And Ashuk finds her, asks what's wrong. But Edda just tells her, like, look, just whatever you do, don't let go, meaning, like, of Sinan. Mm-hmm. Because even if you do wind up getting hurt, at least you will have actually experienced it. So right. clearly she's regretting that she didn't just kind of give this a chance because, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe she would have wound up hurt. But she is now hurt anyways, and she didn't even get to experience, like, actually being with him. Right. So. Right. Um, so then they head over to, quote, celebrate with Burju. And this is just, again, another cultural thing because uh, yeah. here in the States, if a teacher had students, <laughs> high school students over and they were drinking together. Can you imagine? <laughs> that teacher would be fired immediately, immediately. and yeah. also arrested probably. Yeah. So. Charges would be pressed, I think. Yes. <laughs> so again, obviously, you know, it's different over there because – uh, mm-hmm. They're drinking tea at first, but then Edda's kind of like, you're engaged. You're getting married. Like, we need to be drinking something stronger than this. Like, break out the wine. And Virgie's like, I do have some left over from the party. So, yeah, let's do it. So they all get kind of more loose-lipped. Well, and Ashuk actually starts drinking, mm-hmm. which is – I was shocked. Because at yeah. first, you can, you can tell she's very kind of uh, conflicted about mm-hmm. it. And Virgie – actually gives her the out as well so um but she still chooses to start drinking and yep. boy does she drink i was like oh no Ashuk, what are you doing she sure does i think one of them even says like oh my she's thirsty yeah um but yeah so they kind of wind up you know in these more loose-lipped conversations about um you know, talking about love versus just convincing yourself that you're in love what is a good person anyway um you know, is someone really a good person just because they fit these specific societal standards? Like, because, right. and they even use themselves as an example. She's like, you say that we're good kids, but like, according to the principle, we're just a bunch of troublemakers and no good, you know? Well, and and I think Ashuk is the one who brings it up. She's like, people call them the bad kids, mm-hmm. but that's just because they're not doing these different things. Mm-hmm. Just because they're not, quote, normal of and falling in line with what everybody else is right. doing. Yep. And they start talking about like, oh, you know, are you even worthy to be in love with somebody? Mm-hmm. And Burdu's like, well, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Edda's like, well, you 
because she talks about qualifications of right. loving someone. And she's like, well, you have to love yourself. You have to um, have self-respect. You have There's all these different things. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it seems like Edda and Ashuk are kind of just waxing poetic about their own situations. Right. But it is getting to Burju. Yeah. She's oh, 100%. thinking about all of it. This is like – I think this is that flagship moment of the flagship episode, you know, um, is like this is when I think it really starts to make her start considering this stuff. Like, yeah, we've seen her be right. frustrated with Roger before. We've seen her like obviously not be happy that he's like cook me dinner, cut me fruit, make me dessert when I've been home doing nothing all day and you've been working – but this is the first time I think she's really chewing on it. And oh, yeah. Like she is genuinely thinking, like, is this what I want? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the girls have to leave. And mm-hmm. so, as one last thing, they, um, she's like, oh, you know what? You know, Kim Albay, like, here's his jacket that he loaned to Sinan. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> You know, so she knows that he's like a good, the good person that, did that. plus it's going to force her to be in contact with him a bit because she's going to have yeah. to give him the jacket back. Yeah. Um, that was like the, the last little cherry on top before they yep, leave. <laughs> yep. But now here's the thing. So, well, I'm just going to skip ahead so we're done with the bird stuff. But mm-hmm. um, once the girls leave, she gets to thinking. And she's realizing, like, she isn't happy or clearly really even in love. Like, she doesn't say anything because she's by herself. But you can see this is what's happening. And Mm -hmm. girlfriend takes her ring off, looks up Kimmel's address, and is like, I'm going over there. And then she sniffs his jacket, which, I mean, I would have done also. Um, But so we know, like, she's going to go over. She's making a decision. Yes. Like – you know, because um, I mean, I think the logical thing to think is like he's made it clear, like okay, then I'm staying away from you. So I think the logical mm-hmm. thing is like she's gonna end it with her fiance, well, and the alcohol has emboldened her. That's true. As, that's true. As it did. You're right. Their first time chatting with each other. You're so. right. I didn't think about that, but yes, she's wine drunk. She's red wine drunk. Yes. So yeah, yeah, definitely emboldened. So yes. uh, red wine and brandy. Those are her. Yeah. Well, and she yeah, you see her look at the the staff contact list and it's like, okay, she's really doing this. Mm-hmm. She's really going. She sure is. So, but unfortunately we don't see we we don't see what that's the last we see of Burgess that she leaves her apartment. And so yeah. you know, we just have to assume that's where she's going. Mm-hmm. Um but meanwhile, while she has come to that conclusion all night, the girls go over to Sinon's and mm-hmm. he decides like we should go on a boat, let's take the boat out. So they all get on this canoe. And again, this is another big flagship scene and moment because it kind of right. explains why we are getting these flash forward scenes. Yes. Um, because well, it's Ashik's birthday, but she has kind of forgotten that for mm-hmm. the moment, <laughs> for the time being. Or at least and, about her party. <laughs> right. Right. And so she's like, oh, you guys have really made an impact on me. Mm-hmm. I don't want, want us ever to drift apart. In 20 years, let's meet back here and have dinner. Even if we have drifted apart, I just uh, always want to remember this moment forever. Yeah. So this is the birth of that moment and what's yep. happening in the future that we're seeing and the letters and everything about that. Yeah. And meanwhile, <laughs> after she gives that heartfelt speech, she falls <laughs> into the water from the boat yeah. because she's standing 
And Xenon jumps in after her. Well, because they had a little cupcake for her. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's holding the cupcake for her to blow out and make a wish. Yeah, Um, because she's like, oh, right, it's my birthday. And she kind of is like, you guys don't care about birthdays, though. mm -hmm. But I think it's Osman who's like, well, but we know that you care about it. So we got this for you. I love that. Which is so sweet. It really is. So, yeah. So then Xenon jumps in after her. And we get this, like, this is where you just have to put aside, you know, actual belief because you have to suspend belief because this would never, ever happen. And I, at least it looked really cool. It did look really cool because. And it was very romantic. It but I was. was. Like, look, this would be terrible in real life. Oh, and they would not be able to see each other. It would be dark and murky and salty. So dark. Like, but somehow it's lit from within. <laughs> And Xenon is Their able- hearts are lighting <laughs> the Bosphorus. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> and so he's he grabs her arms and they kiss as they're floating to the surface. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> meanwhile, Edda finally surrenders to Karem yeah. during all this. And she basically is like, you know, she essentially says like, okay, that's it. Like, I, I think want- he says, I surrender. I surrender, yeah. And yeah. he basically is like, Tells her she's, like, not going to regret it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so this is when we get a little – a quick little quip from Adult Ishuk who says, mm-hmm. I never celebrated my birthday again after that. And obviously we know how special her birthday celebrations were to her. Mm-hmm. Because what – and it's not in a sad way. Just what she says is, I've realized it's not really that there's special days. There's just special moments. And we don't get to choose when those happen in life. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's so true. Yeah, I thought that was a great point. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's really that's that's kind of a deep thing to say. Yeah, and it is because you don't know when these special moments are going to happen that you're going to wind up remembering for mm-hmm. the rest of your life more than like you know your birthday every year or whatever. Right. Um, so I really like that, and so yeah, me too. Um, yeah. So we see. Oh, and th- so at the end, you know, they're all they're all back inside the house. They've eventually all come off the boat out of the water, I guess. <laughs> And yeah, we kind of just see Osman is like, oh, have you guys seen Krem and Edda? And they're like, no, they disappeared. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, I'm out of here. But Ushuk and Sinan are just kind of all smiley with each other. Mm-hmm. They're both trying to dry off and sitting at the table yep. having some chai yep. and just being all googly-eyed over each other. Yep. And Karem and Edda are <laughs> being more than googly-eyed for each yeah. other in the stairwell. Exactly what we would expect. Exactly what we would expect from them. <laughs> and then so oh, poor Osman, the fifth wheel, he's like, well, and I'm out of here. Like, But he's yeah. just so happy. Like, he's not like – hurt by it he's just no you know what i mean like care no but he's just him and his hazelnuts are like well i guess we're heading home yeah he probably has business to attend to anyways that's true he does he's gotta finish tricking our roger Mm -hmm. um so yeah and that is how that episode ends and so like i said it was a really short episode but literally every scene nothing was filler i mean not that i feel like there hasn't been like a ton of filler really but like Every scene felt pivotal in this episode and for where things are moving, which, I mean, would make sense because there's only two episodes left this season. So, Mm. I mean, if we're going to be having these turning points, they need to be happening so that we can lead up to whatever these final two episodes 
are going to lead up to. So yeah, um, it was hard for me to stop after. Like, was it? Was I was it? like, I want to see her go to Kamal's house. Well, now you can. We recorded. <laughs> now so. I can. <laughs> well, and you can get as ahead as you want. I mean, hey, I've no, already watched know, the whole thing. So there's. But it's, I, I know myself and mm-hmm. if I get too far ahead, I'll start blending things in my yeah. mind. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. For me, at least I've had enough distance between it where. Obviously, I know, like, the big stuff happening and coming because you don't really forget those big things. But I don't remember these tiny details. Like, I don't think I realized the bracelet thing the first time I saw it. But then when I saw – when I saw Sinon ask Osman for it and I was like, oh, Uh and we saw that – we saw a bracelet zoomed in in the first episode. That must – he must have given her that bracelet at some point. Um, You know, same thing with, like, the three letters. It didn't even occur to me, like – one's missing right. in the beginning. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of cool to find these little things. So I, I do feel like I'm watching it for the first time in a sense, but hmm. but I understand not wanting to get so far ahead this close to when we're recording. So right, right. Um, anyhow, yeah. but well, yeah. And it'll be easy for me because I started, I actually started watching Suits this past weekend. Okay. Um, which is like an old USA Network show that yeah, like, I've I've heard about it. Okay. I've never seen an episode. Though. Yeah, I had it, but I was like, I don't know, I was just intrigued. It's on Peacock. So I was like, should I start watching this? Well, and a bunch of DZ people were like, uh yes, you absolutely need to. I guess a lot of them after suits ended and they were like, my life is now empty because like I've watched this show for nine years and it's over. Uh-huh. A lo- it's what led a lot of them to DZs. And oh. here's what's funny too is I was like observing I was like man like Harvey Specter one of the main characters like he he kind of is giving me early days Sercon vibes like and interesting and somebody or I guess technically Sercon would be giving off Harvey Specter vibes since Sercon came after but someone was like oh yeah you're not the only one to think that here's like there was a whole account that used to do these like Sercon and Harvey Oh, like side by side videos during Central Kapama days. So, um, isn't that the show Meghan Markle was on? Yes, yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, and so, yeah, it was funny. I had like the, the, I, it wasn't playing, but like the episode page was up on Peacock when Jason mm-hmm. got home yesterday and he walks in and he's all, isn't that the girl that's married to Prince Harry? <laughs> It's Princess Megan. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yes, it is actually. Um, yeah. I said, this is the show she used she to. An she was an actress. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then he, the guy he was next to, he was like, oh, that this will only make you laugh. Nobody else will know what we're talking about. But he's like, oh, the guy she's with, uh, the guy she's standing next to looks like Casey Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, <laughs> he, he's our old youth pastor, you guys. But anyways, um, I just thought it was funny, and I was like, oh well, now I kind of can't unsee it, but yeah, <laughs> certain funny. aspects. But it made me laugh. But anyway, so um, yeah, that's like what I've been doing this week, I guess. So nice. Um, yeah, but anyhow, so um, yes, that was our flagship episode. What did you guys think? Do you guys have any other observations or maybe little details that spoke to you that maybe we missed or didn't bring up? Uh, we want to hear about it. So next week we'll be covering the penultimate episode for this season. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the finale, which is just – I thought it was a very good season finale. So 
Um, yeah, so I'm excited for us to do that. This is the fun thing about recording two at a time, even though they're re- we're releasing them much slower, mm-hmm. is like we're getting to those episodes quicker, like so yeah. we, we can like gush and talk about it. Um, so I'm ex- I'm excited to get to seven and eight. So I'm very I'm looking forward to that. So yeah. Anyhow, um, yeah. Uh, I haven't brought up our merch store in a while, but if you guys want to shop any of our podcast slash DZ merch, there is a link in the episode notes, um, as well as other ways to find us on social media, Facebook group, all that good stuff. So, uh, thanks for joining us and we'll be back next week. So until then, shooters, shooters, post your call.